This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. We're starting off our show today with the economy uh, because the new administration has said, and I think it's real cry from the people as well for the economy to be a big priority. So uh, we're going to be looking at what exactly that means with uh, economist Dr. Nungsari A. Radi. In the meantime, though, uh, we want to hear from you as well. What do you want to see prioritized when it comes to our economy or cost of living? Call double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, as promised, on the line with us now, we have economy Economist Dr. Nungsari A. Radi. Uh, Dr. Nungsari, firstly, thank you so Hi. much for speaking with us. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, um, Anwar Ibrahim has assumed the position of Malaysia's PM during what many consider an economically challenging time. Uh, 2023 is anticipated to be a difficult year. What are the main issues facing the economy now? Uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I think the, the, the impending slowdown, which is, I think, going to happen in 2023. Uh, it's going to pose the, the most immediate challenge. I think, uh, in as far as the government is concerned, I think they have to look at what sort of fiscal response uh, 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 is available for them to, to you know, to put a stronger safety net to households and even to small firms uh, to keep economic, economic activities going. Uh, I think uh, making sure that they have enough fiscal bullets. I know that all the parties promise to do all sorts of things. But uh, I think uh, preparing for the impending slowdown to keep the economy going in the short term, I think is one of the uh, the key ones, uh, given that the slowdown is, I think, quite certain. The other one is the longer term is actually to put the economy on the sort of right trajectory, anticipating that when it gets better, we are on the right trajectory rather than on the wrong one. So he uh, is not an unknown factor, right? He was a former finance minister. How would you describe Anwar's economic position and philosophy? Well, he was he was uh, he was a finance minister in the nineties, uh, and 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 he was during a time when Malaysia did not have the uh, fiscal constraint. He was actually the last finance minister who tabled a surplus budget. <laughs> it was twenty four years ago, uh, but I. I I think he's he's in the position to to handle this because I think uh, this thing about Anwar's care for the marginalized for the poor uh, is has always been his natural thing. It's his thing from uh, his student days. I think he 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 has that empathy that that ability to mix with people to to derive energy from them to listen to them. So he is actually uh, well positioned. Uh, to 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 handle the situation that we're moving ourselves in, or we, we are already in, I think. So he doesn't quite have a left-right kind of thing, but he has a pro, say, bottom twenty, bottom thirty kind of a philosophy. And in some ways, that's coming through now, right, with a sort of nobody left behind and cost of living focused approach. So if we look at cost of living, uh, it has been an ongoing concern for many. The prime minister has said it will be a priority. Uh, What do you expect to see in this area? I I don't know, but I I thought that uh, the the cash outlay that had been uh, started even back, uh, say, during Najib's time, 
and it was continued in, under different names. Uh, I think it's, most economists would tell you that actually that's the most efficient way of actually uh, trying to augment a household income if you're trying to help uh, the issue of cost of living because we can't really control uh, supply side costs uh, uh, inflation. So we need to augment household income. And we have only so much money. The solution here is actually to, to have a more targeted uh, mechanism. And if you use the same amount of money, uh, you can actually help the target group more if it's more targeted. So I would expect something like that. But they have always struggled with this because they need the right sort of technology uh, to do this. But I think sometimes things get a bit complicated if I think they should just simplify and, 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 and just execute it. But somebody, uh, people in, of a certain category will, will not uh, be receiving the, the benefit. So that has to be dealt with. One of the big headlines, I think, following the swearing-in yesterday was the market and currency bounce, and then suddenly you had a lot of optimism, um, you know, particularly on social media about the possibility of foreign investments. Um, what do you anticipate in this area? Well, well, in terms of investments, I mean, we're, we're heading into some headwinds here. But I think if I'm doing some political uh, economic risk assessment, looking inside from outside, uh, all I want is actually, I want to be assured that there's some stable policy framework, <laughs> that the, the new government is serious about things that it says, like corruption, uh, you know, uh, so that I know my cost of business. Uh, in terms of what I need to invest in, where I need to invest in, I, I can figure that one out. I just want uh, the government not to be in my way. Uh, I want to be assured of some certainty in terms of policy and regulatory framework. That's all I want. Uh, uh, it has to be at least as good as our neighbors, and I think we can we can compete. I think that's that's what uh, uh, investors are, are looking at in terms of uh, 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 favorable uh, in, improving Malaysia's standing in, in the region at least. There has also been a lot of emphasis on the need for the new government to be fiscally responsible. Uh, what measures would you like to see here? Well, I. <laughs> I, this is the thing. They, they have they have to really uh, sit down and have a serious look because they need to present a budget anyway, right? Mm. Uh, uh, to get uh, at least in the short term to get uh, the budget approved for the first quarter, uh, they really have to relook at the whole uh, expenditure side. I keep saying this when, wherever I go uh, because you can't expect to expand revenue uh, now, but you need to actually have a plan for. Uh, uh, expand your revenue base seriously, but maybe you don't have the option to 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 actually do it. But you have to think about it, and you have to really look through seriously uh, at your expenditure side, because the cost of debt, given that we are in this so-called renormalized uh, monetary policy regime, the cost uh, in, where inflation where in, interest rates have gone up, it's not going to be uh, low anymore. So we can't really rely. On, on more and more borrowing so we have to really consolidate and, and ensure uh, investors and even lenders that we are on a trajectory uh, that is that will create growth and give them more confidence and at least even if we need to borrow we can borrow at better rates than what the current interest rate suggests so that's quite challenging uh, 
I think they know that they have to do this. I, I heard the press conference that the PM gave at the, at the PMO earlier this morning. He, he basically just instructed them to work over the weekend and even on Monday uh, <laughs> uh, to, to come up with something. Uh, so I think they're, they're really getting going on, on, on those things. I know that this isn't uh, exactly maybe the main point of our conversation, but I wanted to throw it in anyway, because GST uh, is a question that's been circling around quite a bit. Uh, what, mm. what do you think of the possibility of it returning? Is now the time? Would it help? No, I, GST has, has, has uh, been uh, weaponized. Is that the word they use nowadays? Yeah, GST I think that's has been, fair. <laughs> GST has been weaponized, so politically weaponized. So any conversation about GST has always taken up a, a political sort of dimension to it. And I think in the post-election period, uh, we, we really have to put everything on the table. I have been on record, I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite, I have been on record uh, as an economist that I think in terms of uh, why I think GST is good, the good points would be that it formalizes the economy. It, 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 inform, it, it captures all kinds of transactions. Uh, which is good. It creates efficiency in terms of the revenue base. But the bad thing is, actually, it's a bad time to do it uh, because uh, firms and because the, the GST captures everybody. So, you, and then if you keep on giving exemptions, then it becomes a, a really useless tool. So, it's, timing is an issue there. But uh, issues about broadening the tax. Uh, base the revenue base is actually quite necessary. I think when the time comes, and even now, you may not want to implement. You have to put everything on the table to to sort of know what you're going to get for the next three four years. We started off our conversation today by acknowledging the the slowdown or the possibility of a global recession in 2023. What would you like to see put in place to to somewhat um, protect us or buffer us from the worst effects of that? So that's 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 what I. I uh, you know, I alluded to earlier. Mm. I mean, you really need to know that if, if it's going to be a slowdown, what sort of fiscal bullets you have to to sort of mitigate slowdown. I mean, it's not just an accounting thing. It's not just pumping the economy, but it's actually to provide a decent uh, safety net to affected households, those who have run out of savings, those who don't have any income, firms that are struggling. I think in one of these, uh, speeches that I heard the PM gave. He was saying, you know, one of the major things he's going to do is going to shift policy from uh, big firms, large firms, GLCs, whatever, to SMEs. And I think that's one of those things that he, he will also do yeah, to shift the focus uh, to spread the, the limited amount of money to as many recipients as possible. In a way, it's like uh, it's like gambling, Lalin. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a red or black on the table. I'll just spread my bet across the numbers. Uh, that's that would be a better outcome uh, when the economy recovers. And I think that's what he will do. So uh, another thing that has been announced is, of course, the mini budget being presented this year in order to ensure that uh, the lights stay on in Putrajaya in January before the budget is tabled again in the coming year. So uh, what would you like to see included in the upcoming Budget 2023 2.0? I think they don't have much time for that. They would have to do it. Uh, I would like to see some indicative parameters in terms of the uh, you know uh, broad parameters. Right? I mean, it has been tabled, like, uh, what would be the target deficits? What would be the 
targeted uh, revenue growth or uh, what would be the uh, expenditure sort of growth and ratios. So that 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 would they would have time to redo the budget. It will take three four months, but those numbers will tell you that. Uh, what are they thinking of, especially on the on the revenue side? Because the 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 the, the budget that was tabled was a bit long on spending and a bit short on uh, how to pay for it. Dr. Nungsari, in closing, is there anything you'd like to leave us with as a message? Well, I think uh, I think this this I I actually sent a congratulatory note to uh, the new prime minister and I said, "Wow, now I understand why you have not been prime minister all these years." because times are not bad enough. So, <laughs> so this is a very bad time and he's the, he's the prime minister. And I think he, he, he once he's consolidated the, his, his political thing, and I think uh, he's in a position to actually uh, uh, spend political capital in a consensus way to define uh, trade-offs. You know, The problem with politicians is they want the cake and they, they want to eat it too. So trade-offs mean if you want the cake, you cannot eat it too. <laughs> then there are priorities on how to spend. And those things, uh, and then they always like to use words like win-win, you know. Yes, we are in a situation where there's no such thing as win-win. If you want to do something, there are trade-offs. And if there are trade-offs, somebody has to pay for it, some for, for somebody else to benefit. And I think uh, once he has consolidated his whole, and I hope it, ha- it holds, then he can start to do the more difficult things like this. Dr. Nungsari, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was Dr. Nungsari A. Radi, uh, economist, talking to us about the priorities in Malaysia's economy in what is a tough period, uh, likely to get tougher soon. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, what do you want to see prioritized when it comes to our economy, our cost of living? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do already have a message from TIDJ who says, in the immediate term. I'd like to see Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim form a lean cabinet. There was a lot of expenditure in terms of ministerial allowances due to the inflated cabinet. Uh, It's also wishful thinking maybe, but I'd like to see rent control come to play. A lot of the working group in KL specifically spend a significant chunk of their wages on rent. I understand free market forces are at play here, so this would be an unpopular move. Um, Lastly, a revision of anti-profiteering laws. Too many merchants increase their prices during rate hikes or price hikes, but never decrease where the reverse happens happens. TIDJ, I think that I um, am almost entirely on board your wish list. So the ministerial allowances and salaries, the size of the cabinet, all of that, it remains to be seen how it will play out. Um, For now, at least, the Prime Minister is standing pretty firm on the election promise of having a lean cabinet and also of halving salaries. So I think we'll have to see how it all shakes out. That idea of rent control and your point about how much money is spent on rent, um, you know, it's part of, I think, a larger conversation we have, not just around affordable housing, but also about public transport and, you know, why it is that we are forced to pay what we pay in order to live close to where we work, because otherwise it also doesn't make sense. And 
you're so right about um, prices going up and never coming down. So, yeah, um, if you'd like to weigh in on that, what do you want to see prioritised when it comes to our economy or cost of living? And also, have you noticed this phenomenon of prices having gone up and then simply not coming down? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.